Welcome back to the Wise Man's Page, the daily podcast where we read a page of the Wise Man's Fear and then we talk about it. This is page 689. It seemed for a moment that he would continue, but instead his eyes wandered idly around the empty taproom. His face was calm, without a trace of anger or bitterness. Bast darted a look at Chronicler, but this time there was no fire in it, no anger, no fury or command. Bast's eyes were desperate, pleading. It's not over if you're still here, Chronicler said. It's not a tragedy if you're still alive. Bast nodded eagerly at this, looking back at Quoth. Quoth looked at both of them for a moment, then smiled and chuckled low in his chest. Oh, he said fondly, you're both so young. That's the page and the chapter, and I've been Nick. I'm Jordana. I'm Jeremy. Bast, not Bast, Quoth says a lot here, doesn't he? In very little. Well, this is actually something that I kind of forgot to bring up on yesterday's page, is that when Quoth says, we all know what kind of story this is, it's not this kind of story or that kind of story. We all know what kind of story this is. It almost It's almost like he's talking to the reader, right? Like, I am telling you, this story is not going to have a happy ending. It's a tragedy. And whether or not that turns out to be true, that is certainly like the expectation that he and Rothfuss are trying to really drive home for us. Like, this is a tragedy. It's not going to have a happy ending. Yes. And also, uh, more to the point, because I, I agree with that, but also, Quoth is reaffirming that he is much older than them. Mm-hmm. And he might be speaking figuratively, but I'm inclined to think he's speaking literally. I, I There's definitely time dilation going on in the Fae, as we'll learn in a chapter or two. So I can't help but wonder if he has, in fact, lived far, far beyond his apparent years. He's communicating a lot with that line because that is definitely a thing that I think we're meant to pick up on. But he's also just saying, like, you're still young enough to believe that because you lived through it, that it's that's somehow better than dying. That that's not worse. That it can't still be a tragedy if I'm alive. And I think Chronicler is referring to a kind of Shakespearean rule, mm-hmm. um, which is that you know, tragedies have a certain kind of ending and comedies have a certain kind of ending and you can expect them based on what you're told early on to end a certain way. Which is actually an interesting return to what I talked about a few episodes ago about people being familiar with tropes and the more familiar you get with tropes, the more you can kind of play with them for dramatic effect. Mm-hmm. It's kind of an interesting through line throughout. Like as audiences get more sophisticated, you can start to undercut their expectations by having a play that seems like a comedy, which ends as a tragedy. Interestingly, I mean, we talked about this before, but I always like to bring it up. Romeo and Juliet, the first act is very funny. If The first act of Romeo and Juliet is also structured like a comedy. It's almost like a comedy of errors where there's a lot of miscommunication and, and clown characters. And it's almost like th- there is famously, there is a prologue which tells you how it ends right at the very beginning of Romeo and Juliet. And I almost wonder if, it was written and then the prologue was inserted later because people couldn't wrap their heads around the first act being a comedy and the second act ending in, in bizarre tragedy. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, and certainly all the fun characters are dead by the by like halfway through the play, <laughs> which must have been very jarring. Yeah, that's part of why it still works really well, I think, because even today, these are all the characters that you like and. Mm-hmm. And you really see the way their choices bring harm to everybody and people that we've spent time with. And anyway, we don't. This is not a Romeo and Juliet 
podcast, although I'd be happy to do a page-by-page analysis of Romeo and Juliet. Oh, no. It wouldn't be my first choice of a Shakespeare play. I just wouldn't pick a Shakespeare play. It's not that I dislike Shakespeare. It's just, it's a lot. I will say Shakespeare is so much more fun when you're reading it out loud to each other rather than just like reading it like you read a book. It really, it really does come alive. I mean, I like Shakespeare best when I don't have to read it at all. For a good reason. Like, I think so much of the reason that people, they're made to read Shakespeare in school and have someone like pick it apart, which is like not at all how that art form is meant to be enjoyed. You're supposed to go and see a bunch of really good actors, you know, perform it for you. And like, you'll understand what they're saying, even if you don't understand the words, because they're going to make the intention behind the line really clear. Say I love I love me a good play in not written form. <laughs> well, then you'll be interested to know that Shakespeare never wrote anything down, and the folios that we have are uh, gathered from people who memorized it after the fact. But the folios were gathered after his death. I knew that because I when I I went to the Globe Theater when I was a kid, and they told us that. But I I was like in the back of my brain somewhere. But I did know that because he he would like give the actors their parts, right? Like he would like here are your lines. You're playing Romeo. Here are your lines, you're playing Juliet. But like, no, there was not like a script of everybody's lines, you know, like written down all the once. That's right. That's right. Is there anything else we want to say on this page? I have one, one thing in that even though we've talked about Bast kind of being imperious and terrorizing Chronicler, he still looks to him for support. It's such an interesting bit of character, I think, that Bast doesn't really think of himself. Like, obviously he thinks of himself as having power over chronicler but he doesn't think of himself as like being chronicler's master or anything like he i don't know he does this thing where he kind of says you can help me right like he's pleading with chronicler to help him build up quoth here and chronicler rises to the occasion but it's such an interesting bit of business and it's one of the things that make me continue to like bass because even though he's been so awful to chronicler he still is kind of like sad and pathetic and still kind of needs chronicler to be his like the the second part of his double act well he certainly does now because i think he's in such despair but i think that you're you're right in a broader sense that like this characterizes bast as like mercurial and changeable like i don't think he thinks just because of the stuff that he said to Chronicler in the past, that there's like bad blood between them. I don't think he thinks of Chronicler as like his enemy or his minion. And I don't think he thinks the Chronicler doesn't like him because I don't think he would like, I think he's like, why, why would you think that just because I threatened you? I do that all the time. It doesn't matter. And in this moment, help me convince myself as well as quoth that this doesn't all have to end badly. Right. Would would uh, would you say, uh, Nick, on your point that uh, Bast has a certain sweetness? Uh, you know what? I would, Jordana. I would. <laughs> it being the chapter title and all. I also thought that the use of like the word bitterness was sort of like, because that's close to the end of the chapter and sort of remembering of things. Because um, it says that Bast is without a trace of anger or, or, or bitterness, which is sort of a certain sweetness. Yeah, and I think there's a certain sweetness in the way Quoth like perceives them as being very young and naive. And of course, Quoth literally says this reminiscence has a certain sweetness to it. I mean, yeah, I don't think too. that's like I don't think that's relevant, Jeremy. That's <sighs> a bit of a reach. Yeah, Jeremy, geez, get with the program. I'll program you. Please don't, bastard. <laughs> okay, that's uh, that's all my notes. All right, well, that's all our notes. So, listeners, and you can write us mash carry notes. Carry on to a new notes.
Yes. Mash us into paste. On tomorrow's page. Of the wind. Of wind. Paste of paste the wind. Of the wind.